If you are a seasoned food blogger, maybe sometimes you look around and wonder where the support is for a blogger who's not a beginner. There has been a gap in support for the blogger who's been around for a little while and has started to monetize their website and generally is taking their blog seriously and like a business. So in today's episode, I'm sharing how you can get support as a seasoned blogger and how to weather the constant changes in our industry. Hey friend, I'm Madison Wetherill, a web designer and branding strategist for food bloggers and your host for the Vine podcast. This show is all about supporting you as a food blogger as you grow your business. I'll share tips for designing your business and your website with intention so that you can build a blog that fits into your life, not consumes it. You'll hear tips for connecting with your audience, growing your blog, and tips for managing and designing your website, all in short, easy to consume and actionable episodes. If you're ready to think differently about the strategies and tactics that you need to grow your food blog, you are in the right place. I'm so excited that you're here, friend. Let's get started. Welcome, my friends. I cannot wait to share today's episode with you. And this topic in particular is something I feel like is very important for food bloggers who have been in the space for any length of time, really but who are feeling like they're no longer in the beginner stages where they're learning to grow a blog and learning what to do, but they're really looking for what's next and how to level up. That's why I am so excited to be interviewing Megan Porta today. And our conversation is just, I think, so life-giving for those of you who are more seasoned bloggers. You have been in the industry for a little while, Your website is growing, it's monetized in some way, and really you're looking around for where do I get support as this seasoned, more advanced food blogger. And I was so excited to be able to chat with Megan about this. If you don't know who Megan is, she is the host of the Eat Blog Talk podcast, and I'm going to share her official bio here in a second, but she's a very well-seasoned food blogger. She has been in the industry for 13 years, and she has also been providing support for food bloggers through all of the different resources that Eat Blog Talk has for a number of years. And really, she's an expert when it comes to talking about the challenges of being a more seasoned food blogger and what that looks like. You will get to hear so many stories in this episode, both from Megan's perspective and from mine, just sharing about what it's like to weather the storms that come into our industry, the things that happen that we have no control over, and how you can stay consistent and stay on top of all the things that you need to do as a food blogger while also maintaining your own sanity and personal life as well. So I'm going to dive into the formal introduction of Megan, and then we are going to get right into this episode because it has so many good things that I can't wait for you to hear. So Megan Porta is the founder of the podcast and community Eat Blog Talk, which is the number one resource for food bloggers who desire clarity and focus to achieve rapid transformation and personal freedom. With almost 500 episodes, Megan consistently provides valuable insight and tools to guide listeners along their unique paths to success. Her popular Eat Blog Talk Mastermind is the go-to place for entrepreneurs who want to break through their limiting beliefs and achieve amazing results within a supportive group. In every area of her life and business, Megan loves bringing people together to form lasting connections and friendships. You are going to take away so many things from this episode, from Megan's wisdom and just her encouragement. She is such an encouraging person to be around and just to learn from. So let's dive into this episode and this interview with Megan Porta. 
Hey, Megan, welcome back to the show this week. I'm so excited to have you. As we jump in, would you just quickly just say hello and just give us, uh, give our audience a little bit of a background on your story? Yeah. Hi, Madison. Hi, Madison's listeners. So my name is Megan and I have been a food blogger for over 13 years now. And a handful of years ago, I started Eat Blog Talk as a way to just serve food bloggers. And it's been such a fun journey. And I run so both sides of my business now being a food blogger and also showing up to serve value to food bloggers. Yes. And it's been so fun to just get to know you over the last couple of years. I think it's been I want to say three or four years probably since we originally got connected. Um, but it's fun because I think we started our podcast around the same time. And I know we both shared the same value of wanting to just provide information and value to food bloggers because there wasn't there wasn't a lot of it back when we started our podcast. So it's just been really fun to to share that. And we just did a podcast interview for Eat Blog Talk. And this is not your first rodeo here on the show. So you know kind of what what uh, how it works around here but today we're going to talk about i think just the things that you need as an advanced food blogger so somebody who is not a beginner you've been food blogging for a little while so let's dive into that first by just can you kind of define for us like who is that food blogger that we're talking to when we say somebody who is not a beginner who is more you know intermediate to advanced yeah, this is really hard to define because I think people want to put like a number of years like, oh, if if I reach the four year mark, then I'm no longer a beginner. But I don't think it's as easy as that because different bloggers have different ways of really diving in. Like some start out as a hobby and it's very part time and they don't give it their full attention for a lot of years. So I don't define it by years. I define it more by are you monetized in some way? It That doesn't necessarily have to be an ad network. Although I think if you are in an ad network, I think you would be more um, prone to be in that category. Uh, so monetized in some way, you are either doing it full-time or you're doing it part-time, but really taking it seriously still. Um, so that's kind of how I would define it. Let me know if that makes sense. Yeah, I think for me, it is usually defined in what stage of monetization you're in. Because I think at the beginning of blogging, maybe not the very beginning, but the goal for most newer food bloggers is, oh, I just want to get on Mediavine. I just want to get to that 50,000 session mark. And I think what happens after that is you realize like, oh, that is nowhere near a full-time career that I need. So it, it, it provides this like facade of, you know, achieving that, which is a huge achievement, but it's not quite yet to the like, this is actually contributing to my family. This is a full-time career. And so I think the intermediate to advanced blogger is kind of in that messy middle where you've seen success, you've grown a lot, but it's not quite like, you know, there's so much more that's possible for your blog. And I think the determining factor really is how invested are you and have you made the decision to really pursue this as a business, honestly, like that above anything else for me tells the story about whether or not you're on that season side or even like intermediate to advanced. Yeah, because I think something that you and I've talked about before is like a lot of food bloggers stumble into food blogging, like especially back when, you know, I know when you started blogging, it was like this thing you kind of did and then like all of a sudden it took off and it was like, oh, this could be a real business. But it's really the people who are being intentional about how they spend their time and 
the fact that they are trying to grow and build something that's sustainable and is going to, you know, hopefully weather the storm of all the things in blogging. Exactly. Hopefully. (laughs) Yeah. So take us back, I guess, to like, since you've been in blogging for so long, like what are some of the storms and trends and things that you've seen happen and just why blogging is so different today than it was like when you started? Back when I started, there really wasn't a formula for blogging at all. It was just like you put up content, you did whatever you wanted, and Pinterest gave you traffic freely. I mean, I remember the day when I could put up a Pinterest pin on anything and within two to three hours, it was viral on Pinterest. I'm not kidding you. That was awesome. (laughs) But now it is definitely not like that. Also back then, um, I would say Google Um, like updates and algorithm changes all across platforms just didn't happen as frequently, if at all. So when they did happen, it was really like, it was abrupt and alarming. And now, fast forward quite a few years, I would say those changes and algorithm shifts happen much more frequently. I think even more than once a month sometimes and more than once a week, it's like, oh yeah, we just had an update Friday. Now here's one on Tuesday. Um, So that's a big change because we really never know what's coming. The uncertainty is um, much more prevalent now. I feel like the landscape now of blogging is so different and scarier now than it was back then. Um, Just because we really don't know what's coming. Things are changing. Platforms are changing. New platforms are, are emerging. Back when I started blogging, it was like you had your blog, you had Facebook, you had Pinterest and Google organic traffic, and then Instagram emerged. um, And that was really it. And now there are all these new things that we learn about. Threads came onto the scene this summer. And I remember everyone was like, do I pay attention? What do I do? This is new. Um, So yeah, just the constantly shifting landscape, uh, it makes blogging so much more uh, challenging and different now. So I feel like the question that all of that kind of begs is like, is it worth it? You know, with all of these challenges now, you know, we're talking to people who have been in the game for a while and I'm sure for a lot of them, there's thoughts in their head of like, is this even worth pursuing anymore? Which I know that you think it is, but like, I would love for you to kind of just encourage people who are, who have been in the game for a little while and who are maybe feeling discouraged about like all the changes and all the things that have to be weathered because yeah, I mean, I agree that it's worth it, but like it would be, it'd be good to encourage some of our listeners. Yeah, it's a lot. It is a lot to deal with. Whether you're a new blogger, whether you're a more seasoned blogger, it is a lot. So just, yes, pat yourself on the back no matter what stage of the journey you're in because you're doing hard things, you're doing amazing things. And I will tell you, Madison, that I get emails all the time on this. People reach out in all different stages and they say, this is a lot. I don't know how to keep up with it. I don't know if it's worth it. I don't know if my efforts are going to pay off, if they're going to be fruitful. I'm not really seeing any progress. I'm stagnant. So it is not just you. If you are feeling like, yes, you fall into that boat, um, you are not alone. I think, and here's what I always tell everyone. I think it is worth it. If you still feel passionate about what you're doing, then yes, continue to pursue it. If you don't, That is a different story because I think um, pursuing this without any passion is just going to lead to burnout. But 
I think a lot of us start food blogging because we do have a passion for cooking and creating and um, coming up with recipes and doing all of the different duties associated with it. So that's kind of my determining um, factor as far as like, do you continue or not? I don't know. Do you have anything to add to that, Madison? Yeah, I think another big, I think, encouragement to people is, you know, figure out if maybe you just need more support in this season because it could mean, or if you just need a break. And, you know, something that I experienced a couple of years in when I was really stretched very thin with running a food blog, running a web design business, I had two kids. Like, I just needed a break from one of those things and I couldn't have a break from my children for a very long time. So I decided to like let my food blog just be for a little while. And that period of time, it was about two years, I think, where I really did like very minimal work on my food blog was the reset that I needed to be able to go in with like more energy and more excitement again because I didn't want it to die and I didn't want to just kind of let it go but I needed that break and then I needed help. I needed to be able to hire somebody to help me with my blog if I wanted to see it grow. So I think for people who are maybe feeling that way, like really assess, like, is it that you just need a break and that needs to just be okay? Is it that you need more support and that you have too much on your plate? Because that's something that I see a lot of food bloggers struggle with doing all the things by themselves with no support. Yeah. Yeah, that's huge. Just stepping away for a time to, if you do feel that burnout coming on, don't let yourself get there because I've been to that place where burnout is full-fledged and it's really crappy. It is really hard to get out of that. So when people reach out, I always say, if you're even feeling a little bit, just do what you did, Madison. Take a step back for a time, even if it's a week of just not doing anything. Your blog is still going to be running when you come back to it. But we need that downtime sometimes. And I think we know that we need it. We just maybe ignore it like, oh, but this has to get done. I have to I have to check my email. I have to keep posting on Facebook. I have to do this and that. But it is more important for you to step away for whatever period you think is necessary um, than it is to just push through and do all the things. Yeah, I 100% agree. And I think sometimes... Like I noticed when I took that break, my blog kept growing. Like, so it wasn't even that the things I was doing and stressing out about were doing anything to help my blog grow. So, and that might not always happen, but I think it's, it was really shocking to me that that did happen. And it really changed the way that I like look at what I do for my blog now, because I know that some of those, you know, posting on Facebook or doing whatever was doing absolutely nothing to grow my blog. I just was convinced that it was. (laughs) I have, so I have something to (laughs) confess. I have not posted new content to my blog since I want to say April of 2023. So I've done just some update republishes here and there since then, but not many, honestly. Um, The last time I touched my blog was in October or November of 2023. And guess what? When I look at my analytics, they're great. They're better than ever. Things have kept growing. And I was, I'm like you, I was like, oh, well, this is kind of alarming, (laughs) but it's so comforting because it just tells me that we can step away, especially if you fall into that category of being an intermediate or advanced blogger, where you have kind of a database of content already there. Um, It's okay. And sometimes things grow and it'll be unexpectedly pleasing. 
Yeah, because I think we operate so much in like these this immediate world of like you do you post a reel on Instagram, you get views on it. But the work that we do on our blogs is not instantaneous like that. And it's often compounding on itself over time. Yeah. So like you said, you might find that the work you did six months ago. Now, of course, if you just don't do anything for five years or something, that's a different story. But if it's talking about taking a week off or even six months off, like most of the time, you know, barring any crazy big, you know, HCU updates or anything like that, you're going to be okay. And you can come back to it with so much more energy and being so much more refreshed to work on it. Oh my gosh. I totally agree with that. Yeah. So I think that kind of jumps us into, we haven't given it a name yet, but really talking and thinking about like the mindset that you have to have as somebody who is more of a seasoned blogger. And I know mindset is something that you talk about a lot. So why is the right mindset so important for advanced food bloggers and what should that mindset be? I I think mindset is everything, especially if you want to continue this and pursue it full time for ongoing amount of time. Um, without the right mindset, it's so easy to fall into, oh gosh, just getting swept up with the feelings, with helpful content updates or algorithm changes or any like AI, anything that emerges in our industry can really offset us. And it's so that makes it so important to just have your mindset in the right place. So by just to define that by having your mindset in the right place, I mean, you have the skills necessary to kind of weather those storms. Um, What does that look like? Like having the confidence, like, you know, you know what you're doing, you know, your why you are confident in your skills and your abilities. You know what your blog is about. You know your niche. Like you have all of those set and you feel confident in them. Um, also, just you're taking care of yourself as a human. You're not ignoring the fact that you need downtime and that you can't work around the clock and you're doing whatever is necessary to do that. So if that is like a morning routine, working out, um, gratitude is huge journaling, like doing whatever you need to do to just um, stay healthy in a mental way is going to really bring you a long way when it comes to your blog. And I think a lot of people don't make that connection. I didn't for a really long time and it really hurt me. I kept getting to that point I talked about earlier where it was like, oh, I'm in massive burnout mode. And then I would have to take a whole week or two off work. I couldn't do anything. I couldn't function. I had to sleep all the time. I had to take naps. My family suffered. And then I would kind of reset and get back to work. That is not a way, good way to live. It's very unhealthy for not just you, but everyone around you. It's not good for your blog. It's not good for your business. So instead of that, just figuring out how to manage your mindset and your mental well-being so that you can kind of like spread it out um, and not be as like polar, you know, extremes, like you're dealing with the highs and the lows, but you're just like managing it in a much healthier way. That makes sense. Yeah. And I think that can be such a struggle for just entrepreneurs in general, because our businesses and our personal, like who we are as people are so interconnected, especially with, you know, social media now and things like that. Like it's very hard to separate the two. And so you, you feel like you can't take a break. You feel like you can't step away or things will crumble. But anyone that I know that's been successful either with a food blog or even just like a social media influencer, like they have 
tried this where they just step away and nothing crumbles and it's okay. And so I think it's just really important to almost force yourself until that's a habit to be able to step away. And I, I know that was one thing for me when I took my blogging break, like I had such bad habits of just being on all the time, just always thinking about my blog, always working on it. And then again, when I look back and I see how much it grew when I did nothing, it's like, okay, I probably was not spending my time very wisely. So I think that having that mindset and having those good habits of, you know, gratitude and stepping away often are so important. And just to define stepping away too, it doesn't have to mean a week or a month or six months or a year or whatever. It can also just be like stepping away for the evening and overnight and um, setting you know, just really specific hours for your work time during the day or stepping away for the weekend, allowing yourself an actual weekend to do whatever you want and not think about work and not do work and not and just enjoy your family and friends. So it doesn't have to be a long stretch. It can just be like a few hours, honestly. Yeah. And I think for a lot of food bloggers too, giving yourself time to cook because you want to cook and not have it be tied to work. I was just talking to some people at an event I was at and I was saying how I love to cook, but I don't do it very often just for fun. And that's something that I need more often in my life because it's so connected to what I do. I can't possibly like be in my kitchen cooking without thinking like, will this work on the blog? I don't know, but I need to give myself time to just be creative in a way that is not tied to my work as often as I can. Yeah. Like separating ourselves, allowing ourselves to separate from the work, but acknowledging also that that's really hard to do. We love our businesses. So many food bloggers are literally in love with their businesses, myself included. So it's not easy to do it, but it's, I think it's really necessary if you want to maintain that healthy mindset. Yeah. And if you want to be blogging for 13 years and seeing success and taking your business, you know, to the next level and the next level and the next, I think it's so huge. Yes. Um, so what is, what's kind of the other key component that you've seen when it comes to just weathering the storm as an advanced food blogger? Um, I'd say if there's one other big thing, it is being connected within the industry with other peers, networking, and just really getting immersed in finding your people to um, bounce ideas off of, to stay relevant with, to form connections with, because it's a really lonely, isolating place to be sometimes. And when we try to talk about this kind of weird job that we have with, quote, regular people, even if they're close to you, it's just, oh, it's so hard because we can feel so misunderstood. So having that group is really important for just feeling understood and um, supported. And like you don't have to go to all the Facebook groups to weed through all kinds of information. I mean, you could spend hours alone every day looking through the Facebook groups, trying to find what you should be doing with web stories. What is the new strategy for Pinterest? But you can alleviate, alleviate all of that just by having your little community and um, kind of referring to them for all those things that you need to know. I completely agree. I've had a, like just a peer led mastermind group that I've been with for, I want to say six years, maybe seven. Even. It, it's been a long time and we've had seasons where we don't meet as often, but it is so helpful to just have that one 
place that I can go to, to ask a question or to say like, what are you guys, what's working with Pinterest right now for you? Because it just, it narrows the information overload. And I feel like that's just really key. Um, Will you talk a little bit about like, how do you find those people? Because while it is this like weird thing where there's not a lot of people who understand what we do, like food blogging is a very, I mean, there's literally 10,000 probably food bloggers at this point in different seasons. So how do you find your people? I think there are a handful of ways. I found a lot of the people I'm connected with now on Instagram. Just, you know, I followed a bunch of food accounts, recipe blogger accounts, and um, just kind of had a feeling for who aligned with my values and not necessarily content, but just like, oh, this person comments in a way that I would comment, like that sort of thing. And then I just started reaching out. I would make comments or send direct messages like, oh, hey, that that was really funny or whatever, just trying to connect on a personal level. So I made a ton of friendships that way. I know that a lot of people uh, form friendships in those big Facebook groups. So I think don't discount that for that purpose. Go in there and see who is commenting in ways that really aligns with you and your business and your values and comment back and try to form some friendships there. You could also, um, like Madison said, she is in a peer-led mastermind group. So if this sounds intriguing, start your own mastermind group. Just gather, a I don't know, like four to six to eight people. You could even start with just as few as three, three or four and get on Zoom once a week or twice a month or whatever works for you and just start making those connections. Or um, a paid mastermind group is a really great option as well. eBlog Talk runs one of those and it's just a way to uh, connect and get the relevant information, but also you know that things aren't going to fizzle. So I run the groups myself every single week. There's no other option. Like we're going to be there every week. So that's another option too, is just to find a paid mastermind group. Make sure it's a really good quality one before you invest. I've become part of a few in the past that were, you know, not worth the investment. So just make sure you do your research first for those. And then at last, I would say in-person events are probably the best ways to really connect with people. There's nothing like those in-person relationships that you can form. So whether it's a conference or a retreat, um, retreats are great, by the way. You can host one yourself. You can go to one that is hosted by someone else. So there are a lot of options. Yeah. And I can remember back to when in-person conferences were a little bit more prevalent and it was always the like side conversations in the hallway that were the most impactful part of those events. Because like you were saying earlier, it was just like, you have somebody who gets it, who under, like, I don't have to explain how a food blog makes money to these people. Like they understand, they get it. And even if you're just talking about like your personal life, it's just that level of connection of understanding each other's businesses is huge. Um, so yeah, with with that being said, I would love for you to share about the new conference that you guys have coming up because I cannot wait to be in person with people who get it again. Yes. Oh, my, we're so excited about this. So it's Flavor Media Summit. So uh, my friend, Melissa Erdelak, she's a blogger at Mama Gourmand. We had been to so many conferences together and retreats, and we just saw that value of just connecting in person. And there's really not anything out there 
now for the advanced food blogger. So we decided to pair those two things in person event for advanced food bloggers, where we're really going to load up on just so much value. We're going to intentionally choose the speakers and the topics and the sponsors. Everyone who goes to the event as a as an attendee is required to fill out an application. So we're also, um, you know, sorting through those people as well. So everyone there is going to be um, kind of handpicked to be there. And they fall in the category of being an advanced or seasoned food blogger. We are going to have it so it's very workshop style. So the speakers will be providing tangible information that they can act on there. So you don't go home with a mile long to-do list where it's like, I've been there where it's so overwhelming. You're like, I don't even know where to start with this, but I mean, it looks good. It sounds good. Um, So that's kind of the gist of it. It will be in Denver, Colorado, May 2nd and 3rd. It's a two-day event and we're limiting it to no more than 50 attendees. Yeah, I'm so excited. I think that in my experience of going to different conferences, there's always a struggle of like the information being relevant for the level of business that you're at and wanting, and even just not even knowing if it's worth going to an event because you don't know if the information is going to be worth it. So can you share a little bit about, I know you have your application, but what are you looking for? You know, like if someone's listening and they're wondering like, would I be a good fit at Flavor Media Summit? What is, you know, who is that advanced blogger that you're looking for? So we are saying, you know, you should be monetized in some way. I think most people who have been accepted so far are in an ad network. There might be one who isn't yet, but they are monetizing in in another way. Um, If you consider yourself an intermediate to advanced seasoned food blogger, you're just in it. You're driven. You are really committed to growing your business, your blogging business in some way. And you know if that's you or not. When you hear those words, you know if you fall into that category. So if that sounds like you, um, we don't have a number of years that we're necessarily looking for. So, you know, like three years probably minimum that you've experienced this whole blogging world. Um, Feel free to fill out an application. You can go to Flavor Media Summit slash, okay, flavormediasummit.net slash apply. Yeah. And I'll make sure that's in the show notes for you guys as well, because I'm really excited. I'll be there as well as one of the sponsors of the event. So um, if you're a Vine podcast listener, I would love to be able to meet you in person. And I am just 100% confident that this is going to be just an amazing event for this, this level of food bloggers. And really, like you said, the people who are like, they're in it, this is their business. They are taking it seriously. They want to grow it. Um, I think if you are that person, like you said, you know that you're that person and definitely you should apply and hopefully be able to see you there. Yes. Yay. And oh, we only have a few spots left. I think we, I counted this morning. We only have, I think, 12 spots available. Yeah. So and hurry. if you're <laughs> listening to this later, you know, still check out the conference because I doubt this is going to be the only year that this conference happens. Yes. I know it's going to be something that sticks around. So, um, well, Megan, is there anything else that we didn't cover that you wanted to share about, you know, just what business looks like for this level of blogger or things that they need to do to, to weather the storms? Um, I would say just decide, like make a decision if you want to continue to pursue blogging. And if you do, then you need to actively work on getting your mindset in the right place, go find people to connect with, um, 
just prepare yourself to kind of have to shift because we're seeing that more and more where we've had to weather some storms that we didn't see coming. It does require um, a level of just adaptability. So I guess with all those things, yeah, you got this, you can do it. And it's worth it, right? Like, I think that's the biggest thing. It's, it is worth it if you, if you feel passionate about it and you can see, I, I mean, I always see the impact that our different clients make and like the, the bloggers that you work with, the impact that they're making, whether it's like creating financial or location freedom for their family or, you know, really helping their audience. Like there's so many things that you can do as a food blogger, but first you have to take care of yourself and first you have to be able to weather the storms of, of business. So um, I love that. Well, will you share, you know, apart from the summit where people can connect with you and a little bit about your podcast too, if they don't already listen to it? Yeah, so eBlog Talk um, delivers interview-style episodes where we talk to experts of all varieties. So definitely tune into that on your favorite podcast player. And if you want to reach out to me, I guess the best place is either email megan at eblogtalk.com or you can send me a DM on Instagram at eblogtalk. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Megan. And um, I think this is going to be so encouraging for food bloggers who maybe are just feeling like, is it worth it? You know, how do I weather these storms? And just thank you so much for being here today. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, I would love for you to screenshot it and share it with a friend. You can tag me on Instagram stories at Grace and Vine. For the show notes for this episode, head to the vinepodcast.com. Talk soon.